Hello everyone, my name's Adam. And I'm Rob. And this is the Screen Bucket Podcast. Yes, it is. And it's <laughs> Halloween time, isn't it? It is indeed. So we've got an extra spooky special couple of episodes. This is episode one, where we discuss... Scream. Scream. One of my favourite movies of all time. Yeah, and we talk about the trauma that you suffered. Oh, at the hands of my brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> eight, eight years young and exposed to... Drew Barrymore's short but memorable portrayal. Yes, indeed. Yeah. We talk a bit about... What else we talk about? Well, we talked about what our five favourite non-human slasher killers oh, are. Oh, yes, true. Yes, that was good. Um, we talk about things that scared us as well. Mm. And we did some ghost stories. We did, and there's even a guest appearance by a certain Victorian serial killer. Oh, yeah. Mm. Wow, yeah, what a show. I know, right? Should we get into it? Yes. Cool. Legend has it that it was built by the Dark Ones. NHCCFTA. Roughly translated, North Arts College Centre for the Arts. This college served as a training ground for the evil world beyond. It taught long ago, when the bungalow was more than a shed. It was in this bungalow where Adam and Rob met. In the year 2006, everything changed. Good morning, class. My name is Mike, and I am to be your tutor over the next two years. I would like all of you to take a seat. That's it, partner up. Yes. And I would like you to get to know your partner and ask some questions and see, you know, what interests you share. Hi. Uh, hi. So, uh, you, you live in Hitchin? Uh, yeah. Uh, you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh. You were... Did you go to school in Hitchin? Nah, it's uh, Stevenage. Oh. You? Uh, Hitchin, yeah. Uh, okay. What's uh, your favourite film? I don't know. Evil Dead 2? What? That's my favourite too. What? Yeah. Re- really? Yeah. No one's heard of it. No one's heard of Evil Dead 2. That's exactly what I thought. That's utter nonsense. It's ridiculous. The bit with the hand. Oh, amazing. Yeah, and the laughing deer. Uh, oh, the, <laughs> that scene's amazing. It's so bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just love the chainsaw. It's so fun. Oh, yeah. It's exactly what zombie films need. Everything. Bruce Campbell, can I say he's my favourite human being oh, alive? Oh, mate, I'd love to meet him one day. Yeah. As if that's ever going to happen. It, as if that will ever happen. And thus, the partnership of Adam and Rob was born. And after many years of nothing much at all, they're here on the radio with Screen Bucket. Hello everyone, my name's Adam. And I'm Rob. And welcome to Screen Bucket. A very special Screen Bucket. Yes, we could call it Scream Bucket, in fact. Fantastic. That's what we decided, wasn't it? I think so. I couldn't remember if we discussed it or not. This is our first of our two Halloween specials, as we're now in the month of October. Our favourite month. Yes. Love it. Why do you love October so much? 
aside from the weather and the coziness, mm. um, it brings a need to watch scary films. Yes. Dress up in silly costumes. Yes. And have a jolly good time. Indeed. And we can do more silly voices when we're doing horror than any other time of the year. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's not to say we're going to be trying to scare you if you're not a big horror fan. We're going to be playing some music from horror films, but most of them are kind of just fun, really. Mm-hmm. I think so. So, I mean, our standard question. Rob, what have you been watching? I just started watching American Horror Story Apocalypse. We were talking about American Horror Story a few episodes back. New one's just come out. Um, it's very good. Um, it's basically they... Uh, it's an apocalypse. They're in Los Angeles, the characters, and then all of a sudden there's a nuclear strike across the whole world. Oh, they're, nuclear as well. Cool. Yeah, they're hearing across the whole world that London's been decimated, New York, it's all destroyed. Yeah. And the very rich people can pay to go to this place, or have paid. Okay. So they're taken to this, I think they said it was like an underground old boys school. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that okay. exists. <laughs> and uh, there's some stowaways on the plane as well. Yeah. So they get there and it's run by these two creepy women who have these rules that if they don't follow, then they get taken outside and shot. And outside there's a nuclear winter as well. Okay. So so they've been there 18 months and if they go outside, they're going to get all warty and rot. And apparently there's evil mutant cannibals coming as well, Uh, which is good. Chuds. Yes. Um, So far from the first few episodes. humanoid underground underground dweller. What's that from? Film Chud. Oh, I don't think I've seen it. <laughs> I know the name, but yeah, the, my issue is it with it is is it feels a bit claustrophobic, but not in a good way. They're stuck in this mm. underground bunker, and there's no outside. In the last two episodes I've watched, I hope they're going to expand on that and get out. That's kind of that's often the issue with post-apocalyptic stuff. I think. Definitely. Did you ever watch Threads? No, Threads. Yeah, man. If you're going to watch something that's really going to mess you up, that's the one. That's, I want to say 70s, could be 80s, BBC, well, British thing about the apocalypse. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? A whole generation of people freaked out by Fred. Decent. And I've seen, I watched it when college times, I think, and yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah, well, I, I love the post-apocalyptic, so I'll give it a watch. Yeah, it's like the, do you remember the 70s, like, public service ads? Mm, yes, what the duck and cover ones under the table. Yeah, and some of the other ones as well, like uh, the Spirit of Dark and Lonely Water. Did you ever see that? No. Ah, oh, the nineteen seventies. The guys who did public service ads for kids. Oh man, the Spirit of Dark and Lonely Water is about uh, kids going into quarries and stuff, or like ponds and things. And the whole story is told from the perspective of a Grim Reaper watching kids die basically oh. grim keep it light <laughs> but uh, yeah oh, oh, oh boy is it kind of like those horrible don't climb pylons adverts that yeah they yeah, used yeah. To have yeah, and exactly stuff like that, that. Yeah, yeah. stuff they used to show you at school don't throw frisbees into electrical transformer things mm, and stay away from men who wear max and yeah sweet <laughs> hats absolutely yeah so i've been uh meanwhile i've been keeping up with my 31 days of horror uh that's where I watch and review a horror movie every day in October. So as time of recording, I'm up to my first week. How's it going? It's going good. Are you finding yourself educated on a whole bunch of good horror movies or bad? Uh, 
some of them I've seen before, but I can't, I often use this as an opportunity to watch stuff that I've never seen and probably should have done. Um, so I'm now getting into that phase because I've do i done it the last couple of years um, and I do the sequels running the following year. So where I've seen like Nightmare on Elm Street millions of times, I hadn't seen two before, which I watched last year. <laughs> bad? Yeah. Two is bad. Three's good. I'm looking forward to seeing that one this year. Are they all Wes Craven? The second one wasn't. Right. The second one, someone else took over, and then they realised... In fact, I don't even think they were going to have Robert England. Oh, really? And then they started filming with someone else and went, <laughs> no, bad idea. He's reprising the role, isn't he? He is, but it's not anything special. He's cameoing in The Goldbergs. Oh. I don't even know what that is. Oh, it's a sitcom with uh, one of the guys from Curb Your Enthusiasm, I think. Oh, I do know. Set in the 80s. Could be. Hmm. But yeah, so um, if you want to check out my 31 Days of Horror, I have been tweeting about it. Uh, you can go to my blog at www.ap-tyler.co.uk um, and you can catch up there. That's my plugging done. Good plug. Thanks very much. Should we put something on? Hey, Scream Bucket. What's your favourite scary movie? And that was Whisper to a Scream by Soho. From the Scream soundtrack. Rob, you've got some experience with the Scream franchise, haven't you? Oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> yes. Thanks to my dear brother. Adam, I want you to cast your mind back to the year 1997. Ooh. What were you doing in 1997, Adam? 97. I was riding my BMX bike all around the town. How lovely. Yes. 1997 was the year I was traumatised for life. Oh, dear. It, every week, my dad used to take me and my brother to Video Empire. <laughs> I remember Video Empire. The poor man's blockbuster video. It's so much better, though. Definitely. Dark, claustrophobic. And I think it had a naughty room in the back. <laughs> yeah, it didn't did. it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, on Bancroft. I remember it well. It's brilliant. I used to go straight for the Mon- uh, Monty Python section. Did you? I'm a big old nerd. Yeah. Well, one, I believe, autumn... In uh, September, we went to Blockbuster Video as normal, and my brother had been ranting and raving about wanting to watch a film called Scream. Mm-hmm. So he persuaded, I don't know how, he managed to trick my dad that Scream was a comedy and it was all right to watch, despite <laughs> the big red 18 on it. Yeah, yeah. And he tricked me as well. He said, you're going to watch this film, you're going to really enjoy it. So we go home, we stick it on. Straight from the first shot, Drew Barrymore picks up the phone. Yeah. And there's some nice, lovely chit-chat about scary movies and whatnot. Yeah. And then he begins to torment her mm. and torment her some more. And then he reveals her boyfriend on the patio. Yeah. And then after toying with her and making her ask some horror movie questions, mm. which she fails eventually, he guts the boyfriend very graphically. I'm eight at this point. I'm crying now, but I'm not. I'm rooted to the chair. Yeah. I can't leave. I'm crying. crying. I'm crying already. Oh my God. It's traumatizing. The, the whole phone voice and everything. It's yeah. the most terrifying thing I can think of. Then there's glimpses of him running around the house in that creepy, creepy black cape and yeah, yeah, mask. Yeah. You don't see his face at first. He's, he's kind of in a smoky kitchen because she's left the popcorn on. <laughs> so I'm getting more and more scared here. Tears running down my face. And then the chase. Yep. Drew Barrymore eventually gets out of the house. 
and he runs up behind her and stabs her. And this, I've never seen anything in my life. I've never been introduced to horror before. This is the first thing I've seen. This, this is the, the first thing you saw. Yeah, this is, I've <laughs> never seen anything like it. Everything yeah. in my life prior to that yeah, yeah, yeah. was lovely Power Rangers fighting silly monsters and not much else. And then... So, so what was your brother doing at the time? Laughing. Yeah. Laughing his bottom off. Was he laughing at you? Yeah, he's just looking at my reaction and laughing. And and this at this point, I go behind the couch. Yeah. And this is the worst thing he did. The worst thing. He says, it's okay, Robert. It's over. You can look now. I peek over the couch and it's the shot of the knife in the air. He's holding the knife in the air and the knife swings down. <laughs> Hack. And then he does it again when she's disemboweled and hanging from the tree. Yeah. So that was my experience with Scream. The following three months, <laughs> I didn't sleep. I mean, I I, can I just point out, Rob genuinely looks traumatised as he speaks. I <laughs> didn't sleep for three months. I don't know how that affected my grades, psychologically. Yeah. And for some reason, it gave me a temporary fear of mirrors because I thought he was going to be in a mirror. I don't know why. Uh, okay. I just thought every time I'd look in a mirror, he'd be behind me. Right, right. And then right. he start stabbing me to death. Okay. Yeah. So that's my experience with well. Scream. And bizarrely... It's quite macabre, but it's become my favourite horror movie of all time. Yeah, since. that's yeah, that's something I've I I didn't watch Scream to a lot later. In fact, I saw it after Scary Movie, so it's sort of spoiled oh, for me. Completely tainted. <laughs> yeah, but but a lot of the things that scared me as a kid, I now hold as my favourite things ever. I wonder why that is. What mental effect that is? I think because. When you're scared of it, you dwell on it more. You're thinking, you lie in your bed thinking about it, and then you maybe you go back to see if it was scary. Does it turn from fear into nostalgia? Is it something like that? Maybe, yeah. I mean, I was scared of weird things though. This makes way more sense. Mm, it heavily affected me. But let's get into it anyway. Scream. Yeah. So Scream. So you've watched it again. It's not just a standard slasher where you know who the killer is all along. It's not like Freddy Krueger or. Hmm. Michael Myers. It's a whodunit slasher. Yep. And there's one point where Randy says, it's the millennium. Motives are incidental. So they're kind of trying to throw you off the track. So Yeah. What year did it come out? 97. 97. 1997. So let's, let's go back a bit. And So it's Wes Craven. Yep. Well, Stream, Stream stands out because it reignited the horror genre. It did. Which is an interesting thing about Wes Craven because he basically did the same thing with his Nightmare on Elm Street series as well. Oh, really? Yeah. So he's a, he's a quite an influential guy, was, sadly. Yeah. So the way Scream kind of reignited horror in itself was by being self-aware. Yes. So it knows already that there's been horror movies that's come before it. Mm. Everyone's used to it. Everyone knows the score. And then it comes out and it kind of works as a horror movie guide, a slasher guide, if you will. So it yeah. comes with these sets of rules. Do you remember the rules? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've got never have sex, never drink or do drugs, and never say, I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah, see, that's it's that 90s thing. That's what we mentioned with clerks as well. It's a group of just people. It's kind of setting the horror movie in your group of mates. It's setting it in your living room as a fan of horror. Absolutely. Um, which kind of hadn't been done before. It was normally the people who broke those rules going to a summer camp or whatever. Definitely. So, yeah. So, what's the what's the story? What's the plot of Scream? So, Drew Barrymore plays Casey Becker. Mm-hmm. 
an unfortunate girl who is slaughtered alongside her boyfriend Steve in her house or her parents' house. Yep. It's always Steve, isn't it? It is always Steve. Such a boyfriend name. And then we focus on Neve Campbell, um, the heroine of the plot. Yep. Um, with a haunted past. Yes. And she comes into school the next day. She hears about the murders. And, you know, everyone's sort of hyped up. People are scared. There's reporters everywhere, yep. including uh, one Gail Weathers. Gail Weathers, Chorney Cox. Indeed. And... Um, so she's reporting on it. There seems to be some sort of past there, some backgrounds. We f- we find out later that Neve Campbell's mum was brutally murdered. Yes. And someone else, uh, so- someone, sorry, is uh, on death row for it. It's Cotton Weary, isn't it? Cotton Weary, yeah. Who, who we meet later in the series. Yes. We don't see him in this one, I don't think. No, you don't. No. There's a glimpse of him in the video. Oh, okay. Which makes me think, because, what's the name of the actor? Um, Lee Schreiber. Schreiber. Yeah, he's in it, filmed. So they must have been yeah. planning a sequel right from the off because getting That's him in just for literally a couple of seconds just to be filmed. Unless they put it... No, they wouldn't no, have put it back didn't. in. No, um, okay. And never... Yeah, so uh, Sydney Prescott, Neve Campbell, she mm. is attacked in a house afterwards. So the focus is on her. Why is the killer after her? Mm. She manages to get away this time. And, you know, the, the phone calls happen beforehand. So she's being targeted, and then yeah. her friends start to be picked off. Right, right. So what we need to identify as well now is who have we got in the friend group. So we've got uh, Billy Loomis, played by Skeet Ulrich, a quite creepy-looking type. Mm-hmm. We've got Stuart, his friend, who's played by Matthew Lilliard. In my opinion, the best performance in the entire film yes, by a mile. It's interesting, when we were chatting about this before we started recording, I pointed out that he's like the prototype of Rob. Why? Just the obviously the trauma. I do agree. The trauma just obviously you templated him and became him. You hit me with a phone. (laughs) We've got Randy, who is the film expert, and he's the one who keeps you clued in on all the rules throughout. He's constantly talking about Halloween or anything else. Yeah, the interesting thing is I've fallen into that trope as well. Have you? A little bit. So we're both becoming. Oh dear. Anyway, carry on. We've got Stuart's girlfriend, who is the sort of naughty cheerleader type who is breaking rules. She's not a virgin. Um, and that's your lot. That's your list of main suspects, unless someone else comes out of the woodwork. You know, the principal, who is yep. played by the Fonz. Oh, wow. Henry Winkler. Yeah. Film 4 do the best film trails when they have stuff on. And they always make a point of that. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. And the Fonz. You know. Oh, brilliant. Anyway. Yeah, the rest of the film is teenagers getting picked off, other people getting picked off, and them trying to work out why exactly they're doing this. Mm. Yeah, the mystery element's really key. Definitely. It's, it's definitely a whodunit, almost over a slasher, I would say. I've always thought with Scream, that's one of my sort of top five films I'd watch again, like delete it from my memory and watch it yeah, again. Yeah, because there's, yeah. no, there's no way of working out, they don't leave any clues as to actually who did it. Well, it, it, there's lots of red herrings, isn't there? Like, so character you didn't mention is Dewey, who turns up as the investigating uh, buffoon, yes. played by David Arquette. Um, He's quite unkindly uh, parodied in scary movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, really well parodied, I'd say. Um, but he's a he's a bizarre character who that there's a lot of shade thrown on him, if I remember rightly. Yes. Um, he is suspected. There's a few times when he he's in the wrong place. 
there's a bit where so after Sydney's first attacked, yeah, Skeet comes. Skeet, Billy Loomis comes in through the window. Yeah, yeah, and uh, just after the attack, and a cell phone drops from his pocket. And That's here's, right. Here's another interesting thing, just to throw it in there. A cell phone makes him a suspect because no one had a cell phone. No, that's a good... I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just, just suddenly weird, yeah. It kind of reflects what horror mo- like loses as technology advances. Obviously, yes. people can film back. But yeah. Um, but then she runs downstairs and she opens the door yeah. and she's greeted by the mask of Ghostface. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only it's Dewey holding it. Yes. Who then looks at it and screams. <laughs> he's, he's the best character. Definitely. Cool. Well, I've just seen, I've just watched Scream Two as part of my Thirty One Days of Horror, um, and it's interesting how a lot of what makes Scream great is drops off with Scream Two. Oh, really? The mystery element is really not there. It's still there, plot wise, but the intrigue's not there. I don't think because all the characters are we're not given the time to discover who they are. No. Um, there's an interesting bit of a cell phone as well when um, Randy's being phoned and Dewey and Gail, who come back, the, the whole gang are back together. They they run around the university campus and they grab everyone who's on the phone. And again, it's only like five, four or five people. So really? it's interesting that, that that links in. I think what they lose, well, the, one of the things they keep with Scream 2 and I think Scream 3 is the entertainment value. I'd say like, the, yeah. you still get the excitement of being chased by the killer and it's quite, I think they're quite creative with the chases. It's kind of like a sort of yes. car chase with a, what's, what are they going to fall over? What window are they going to climb through? What is the yeah. what is the house shape like? You know, No, that's true, that's true. Um, Scream 2 has the stairway scene which was parodied again in a scary movie. Sarah Michelle Gellar running up the stairs throwing bikes and books and oh yes definitely yeah it's no it's no piano but no. It's, uh, it's still pretty cool i mean the scary movie one's definitely yeah i mean scary movie <laughs> not to derail the subject but scary movie gets it so right the first one anyway hmm. yeah because that the stream wasn't the only horror movie that brought it the genre back the other one credited with that is uh i know we did last summer oh with yes yeah yeah <laughs> um they both came out at similar times and they both had that 90s cult thing the sequels are rubbish but... freddie prince jr and yeah yes mm. yeah um both parodied in the show movie really well i think as well mm. they sort of merged together um but yeah scary movie no <laughs> but um, yeah now you say it Scary Movie was the working title for Scream. Ah, it's like Blue Harvest. Indeed. Yes. Cool. So Scream then, your favourite film still? In terms of horror, yeah, it sits on a throne alongside Evil Dead 2. Really? Yeah. I mean, both for I mean the impact that they have on you at the time. Mm. I mean, Scream was obviously very, very negative at the time for me. Yes. Turned out positive, but Evil Dead 2 was... And a full exposure. I mean, we'll talk about this next week. Yes. In, two, in, in the next Spoilers. episode. Spoilers. Yes. But that was an exposure to what horror can be as well. Yeah, To, yeah. to a different kind no, of horror. Absolutely. absolutely. Mm. Cool. Well, what about you? What do you think of Scream? I think Scream is a fantastic film. I kind of wish the sequels didn't exist. But then I haven't seen Scream 4, and I know that comes back a bit there. Scream 4, you'll be sighing a bit. 
but okay. it's not bad. Okay. I really I, love the with Stream. I really love the soundtrack as well. It's really quite key to it. I think definitely. Anyway, hello everyone. This is the podcast again, and you've just been hearing us whittle on about Scream. There was another thing I forgot to talk about of that film, which always scares me because I forget it's in it. Okay. And it's, it has to have been deliberately done. But there's a bit where Sydney is lying on the couch. Right. And I think she answers the phone. Mm. And as she leans up, there's a, curtains behind her. It's night outside. So you your eyes see the shape of a black figure. And you think it's the killer. And you're like, Ugh! And there's no music. There's no jump. So you kind of expect there to right. be one. I don't remember this at all. Yeah, no, it scared me, man. I don't know if I just sort of clocked it. Yeah. That's really interesting. Um, the other thing we did mention was uh, you've been watching the extras, haven't you? Yeah. Oh my god. The um, what's the word for it? Artistic uh... concept. Yeah, yeah. The concept art. Insane. Mm, I saw a bit of this. The uh, designs for the masks. Yeah, like um, originally they had a really different design, like this hairy sort of goblin face. Yeah, it looked like it looked like they were going after sort of. I don't know, like, Return from the Living Dead punk sort of vibe. Yeah, like, really weird. And there was one which kind of looked like Pinhead. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, just... uh, Yeah, it's really... it's really. Inter- What's interesting about that is the eventual design is so simple. So simplistic and infinitely more terrifying, I think. Uh, yeah, I think so. It's uh, As a kid, I was always quite scared of the screen painting, you know, the famous one. Yes. Which, obviously, this... This is based on... Retroactively based, yeah. That's probably why it's called Scream. Yeah, definitely. And there was also a really cool effect that they showed in there of um, Steve the Boyfriend, who's butchered on the chair next to the pool in the the opening scene. Mm. And what they did is they had someone sort of stand through the back of the chair so they could put a fake body under him and have the entrails coming out. I'm not sure if they did that in the final film because I swear I remember his knees moving. But maybe that was like something, maybe they wanted him to be more hollowed out. Well, maybe, I mean, the legs could have been on strings or something. Um, interestingly, yeah, that's a that's a famous technique for special effects. We've got to do it sometime. Yeah, absolutely. Evil Dead is that scene when all the limb bits are all wibbly wobbly. Oh, yes. That was the actress and I think one of the, oh, it was um, Josh Beckett, I th- Josh Beckett? Yeah, I think so. One of their mates who then became a, a film director himself. Basically crammed under a fake floor. Brilliant. Just with bits of them sticking out and shaking. That and must have been so fun to shoot. Uh, not for them. Why? It's just really claustrophobic. They couldn't move. Ugh. I think she even got quite upset with them. Anyway, but yeah, it's a, it's a tried and tested magic trick I, I think that's the thing with um, what you don't see especially with horror movies is what the actresses and actors have to go through yeah yeah like we were watching um, some of the special features on the Scream DVD yeah and Drew Barrymore bless her she's out shivering in the freezing cold everyone else has got coats on yeah and she's got crawled along the grass she's got to be hung up on a tree there's one shot where she's having makeup applied to her face and you can see her shaking she's not having a good time no, no. that's the thing I yeah I think a lot of the time, it's a miserable experience, but they l- tend to enjoy the outcome. Interesting. Hmm. We need to bear this in mind. Anyway, let's go back to the uh, the show. Adam's 31 Days of Horror. Day 1. Halloween 4. The Return of Michael Myers. Ten years ago, on the night of October 31st, 
a small Midwestern town fell victim to an escaped killer. Under the cover of darkness, he carried out the most horrifying mass murder on record. Sixteen people in cold blood. Ever since that night, no one has forgotten his name. And Halloween has never been the same. Now, Michael Myers has come home. He has returned for one more night of unholy terror. Halloween 4 seems like quite an obvious attempt to bring the spirit of the original back to the series after the failed experiment of 3. And yet, despite that, it feels kind of bland. From the moment we've reached the house, things pick up again, and until that moment the film just feels like a TV movie, or worse still, a soap opera. Suspense is replaced with plodding inevitability, and the whole thing just feels like an exercise in patience. Logic also flies out the window, and Michael just appears to teleport from place to place in different parts of the town as the plot demands. In one shot he even takes his time to dye his hair. That said, Halloween 4 feels like the plot of what should have been Halloween 2. It's a nice follow-up to the original story, despite the role of Rachel being a fairly obvious stand-in for Laurie Strode. Oh, and do you know what? Calling it now, best ending of the series. It's worth seeing just for that. Give it a go and you'll see what I mean. Listen to the full review and more at www.ap-tyler.co.uk Adam. Rob. Last time, you surprised me with a question. Yes. One I wasn't ready for. Yes. And I will have my vengeance oh. upon you. Okay. <laughs> Top five killers non-human. Ooh. Okay, that's interesting. Um, how are we dividing up the lines a bit? How what about spirits of humans? Allowed. Okay. So you can have things like demons, you can have zombies, but they can't be your Jason Voorhees, they can't be your... Oh, Jason face. Voorhees, he's more of a ghoul. Is he? Mm, he comes out of a grave at one point. Uh, There's a fan too... theory that uh, his mum had the Necronomicon. Oh, really? Yeah. What a nerd I am. You filthy nerd. And for that, I'm ruling him out. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, I mean, Michael Myers, he's called the shape in the credits. Not allowed. All right. Okay. Overruled. Uh, okay. Well, let's think about it. So what about werewolves? Allowed. Vampires? Allowed. Okay, cool. Right. Let's have a think. Well, the first one I'm jumping to. Ah, uh, hang on. Okay. Starting from number four. Five? Did you say top five? Yes. Starting with five, then. I would say... I'm stalling for time. <laughs> Number five. Widen your thoughts. They don't have to be humanoid. Think critters and uh, gremlins and things like gremlins that. Gremlins are Christmas. We can't talk about gremlins. All right, done. Critters, though, yes. The trites. An alien species that can somehow use spaceships. And they roll into really funny balls and bounce around. <laughs> yeah. And swear in their own and language. Swear. Uh. <laughs> that bit honestly destroyed me. Yeah, me too. 
There's fret, so, so there's one crate sat next to another crate, and then he gets blown to pieces by a shotgun, which just pokes out the door. <laughs> and then he re- replies, well, we can't say it. No, we can't, no, it. Yeah, it's more to it than that. They put the gun out and they go, huh? They have weapons. Oh, yeah. Bang! Oh, so oh. good. So good. <laughs> um, okay, well, yes. I was thinking uh, number five, I reckon, has to be David from An American Werewolf in London. Right. I've never seen it. Have you not? No. Oh, mate. So, John Landis film, when it all kicks off, he, when he becomes a werewolf proper, it's savage. Oh, I've seen the effects. I've seen that bit. The transformation. The transformation. That's the famous one. Yeah, but the actual kills. Oh, my. So, it, there's the scene where he's in the London Underground chasing a businessman, and you actually see him as a wolf. Terrifying. He then goes onto the streets of Leicester Square, uh, or possibly Oxford, no Oxford Circus, and causes a multi, a huge pile up, and everyone, yeah, oh man, you have to see it. I need to see this film. I'm shocked you haven't. And that's one one of my great movie shames. Um, number four. Hmm. 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 Bub from Day of the Dead. Who's Bub? <sighs> is it the talking zombie? Yeah, yeah. Of course, yes, definitely. Uh, he's he's one of the most tragic uh, figures. And a very iconic one now. You, you know, that, yeah. that face is it's the ideal zombie face, isn't it? He's become very iconic, yeah. The, the, the image of him saluting. Incidentally, just for Walking Dead fans, I just realised, has anyone seen a new trailer? You can't answer because you're the audience. <laughs> but... In the trailer, the zombies are speaking. Oh, really? It's never happened for the whole series. They've evolved. And then, right at the end of the trailer, one of the zombies goes, Where are they? Oh. And they're, they're covered in mud and they're trying to hide from them. Oh. And me and Fern both went, Oh my God! Awesome. Mm, but, okay, well, sorry. That, yeah, anyway, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, hey, number three. Number three. Number three has to be. Linda from Evil Dead. The Evil Dead. Oh, yes, definitely. She's trapped in the cellar. Is it Linda? Yeah, it is Linda. No, it's not. I was thinking of the girl. Um, the his sister. Girlfriend. Yeah. Um, are you talking about the horrible old lady? That's Henrietta. Dear sweet Henry. Yeah, actually, yeah, you're right. Henrietta. Yeah. Oh, Come to me. Come to dear sweet Henrietta. Mama's gonna buy you uh, a looking uh, Yeah, she's totally... She's awesome. And the weird monkey noises. Mm. <laughs> um, okay, number two. Hmm. Um, let's think about slasher films. So they tend to be people, apart from one, obviously... I think I know what you're going to say. Freddy Ruddy Kruger. That's not what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> but continue. Freddy Kruger is awesome. I he, guess he's not... What, what would you describe? But he used to be... Um, he's a ghost. Of a, of a sex offender or something, wasn't he? Well, yeah, that came in later. Oh, That's okay. when the modern versions tried to make him more sinister again. Oh, okay. Before then, it's just implied, which meant you could still like him. All right. All he, right. He was a kidnapper or something. Or a murderer, which is weirdly fine, as opposed to uh, being a sex offender. Yeah, funny that, strange mentality. That's across everything. Yeah, but it's um, in the first film he's 
sort of having fun with it. And then as the sequels come on, he becomes just more more insane. And uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors, regardless of the best one, um, <laughs> he's got the best line, best chill line ever. What is it? Oh, I can't say it. Is it naughty? I can't do the actual punchline, but it starts with, this is your big break on TV. Oh, I think I've seen that. Welcome to prime time. Oh, yeah. Nice. Pause into the telly. Oh, it's the best. But the Nightmare on Street, the effects are great as well. That's why I always loved it. Anyway, number one. Top killer. Top non-human killer. Well, there's only one. This is, I thought of this immediately and thought I'd better save it to the end because he's the best. You're either about to pass the test or fail the test. Okay. He is a murderer, robber, who in the opening scene of the first film, he's on the run from the police, is cornered in a toy shop and starts chanting a weird, weird magical phrase and ends up Possessing himself in a toy doll. You can't be talking about Chucky, can you? Chucky! He's the best. Always hilarious. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. That's the funny thing. As Again, I think I I watched it a little bit later than some of the others. And in my head, Chucky was scary. And then I watched it. (laughs) It's ridiculous. And it's really fun the whole way. I mean, the best bits... I mean... We were talking earlier about Scary Movie, how we found it funny that uh, Ghostface in Scary Movie is always falling over or saying he has to stop mm-hmm, drinking and mm-hmm. stuff. There's a similar thing with Chucky where it's at its best where something goes wrong for him yeah. and he gets in a mood or he starts yelling. <laughs> he gets in a strop. He's the only killer I can think of that gets in a strop. Definitely. Mm. <laughs> and there's one in... Uh, I can't remember which one it is. I think it's two when he's crawling away and someone sees him. He just raises the middle finger and then runs off again. And the, and the witness just goes, rude doll. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's insane. I love it. All right. You... Also, also, the later sequels, they get more and more ridiculous. Seed of Chucky might be the funniest film, horror film ever. Is that the one with woman with an alluring voice? Comes it's back? the second one with her. Right. Jennifer Tilly, who yes. has the most beautiful voice ever. Hmm. Um, she turns up in Bride of Chucky, which is good. Seed of Chucky, they're established as a couple because he puts her in another doll. Oh, yes. Uh, the second one, they're established as a couple and they find a child doll like them. And raise, oh, and he's got an English accent. Raise him. It's Billy Boyd. Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it really? Yeah. Um, yeah. And and they try and give up murdering. <laughs> it's like an addiction. And uh, she ends up phoning the uh, addiction hotline. <laughs> it's really... Doesn't, he, doesn't the kid start having gender issues? And yeah. There's yeah. a whole like fatherhood thing going on it's... where he doesn't want to accept him. It's a ridiculous film. Also, Jennifer Tilly is two parts in it. Okay, let's put this in perspective. So, in this universe, Chucky was a real thing that happened. Child's Play happened. So they made a film about it, similar to Scream, with Stab. 
the sort of film within a film. And in the film within a film, Jennifer Tilly is playing the role of Jennifer Tilly from the previous Chucky films. Oh, that's great. So uh, the doll... <laughs> it's ridiculous. The doll Tiffany falls for Jennifer Tilly's voice. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, she's got such a beautiful voice. And at one point they're both on the phone together and someone else on the phone, uh, Hannah from S Club 7, is very <laughs> trying to work out who's talking. Brilliant. Oh, it's, it's yeah, you have to watch it. There's one joke that completely fails the uh, ageing test. It's when he runs Britney Spears off the road. She's in it? Yeah. Well, I don't know. She's driving in her car and he Chucky runs her off the road with Red Man's Jeep. Brilliant. And she explodes. The car explodes. And he goes, whoops, I did it again. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And Chucky's laugh is iconic. There's someone in my office, in fact, who has the same laugh as me. <laughs> Oh, you're going to get in trouble now, mate. Oh, well. Anyway, you failed. Why? What did you I fail? You failed miserably. Okay, first of all, this is the debatable one. Jaws. You missed the shark. Eh, I don't think of Jaws as a horror movie. But you can put it through that lens. I wouldn't necessarily say Critters is a horror movie. Oh, that definitely is, though. Mm. Sci-fi horror comedy. All right. Okay, alright, Jaws is, yeah, I'll take that. Alright, so that's the one you missed. Okay, yeah. The one which is first place that you missed mm. is the Xenomorph. <sighs> and you can't argue that. No, I can't. And Alien is quite commonly regarded as like the best slasher of all time. Yeah, I and I would agree. Mm. <laughs> I've said it before. Yeah, that's that's a fair one. Can you make a Xenomorph noise? No. <laughs> Do you have the hiss? that's a good one that's good that'll do won't it yeah I was just trying to, I, what was in my head then was predator noise what's that again? oh yeah I don't know I can't even do it yeah um, no yeah fair fair point xenomorph absolutely not only does it have the ability to just put a hole in you with its tongue the way that it impregnates you is the most terrifying thing imaginable yeah would you say the xenomorph as just the xenomorph, as in Alien, 1979 Alien. Or would you put the Queen there? I would stick with the xenomorph. Okay. Yeah. There's Actually, something very sinister about the Queen, though. How, like, the the mother, the motherly sort of overtone of it, how she... In Aliens, when we meet her for the first time, the effect shot is so, so good. When it's just a very slow zoom in, it's very tight, close up, and you just see, like, the the beak sort of comes away from the shell and slowly comes out. Yeah. And you're like, oh dear. Yeah. Boss level approaching. Hmm. Well, we've talked about this for way too long. Yes, we have. Oh, you've got it all over the floor. Ugh. Fetch me the stream bucket. And the mop. And the news at when, when, now. This is the news. It looks like everyone's favourite walking blue tic-tac, Captain America, may be hanging up his vibranium shield. Chris Evans tweeted the following not-so-cryptid message. Officially wrapped on Avengers 4, it was an emotional day to say the least. 
Playing this role over the last eight years has been an honour. To everyone in front of the camera, behind the camera and in the audience, thank you for the memories. Eternally grateful. Whilst we all know to expect some of our favourite Avengers to get obliterated in the sequel, this is somewhat of a massive spoiler. So thanks, Chris. Maybe old Cap retires to Hawaii and opens his own tiki bar, but I doubt it. <clears throat> Star Wars may be redeeming itself for all the turds it's been laying recently. Some initial details have been released of Jon Favreau's The Mandalorian, a TV series starring a helmeted Jango Fett-type bounty hunter. The show will be set after the fall of the Empire and before the rise of the First Order, and will have a number of directors including Ty Waititi and Bryce Dallas Howard. No date, has been, no date has been announced, but we could expect to see it hit Disney's new streaming service next year. I'm very excited about this. So am I. Uh, Takia Waititi directing anything is good news. Definitely. Bryce Dallas Howard. Well, daughter of Ron Howard, who's a and directing legend. I like her. She's do you, nice. Adam? Yeah. Do you like Bryce Dallas Howard? I do. She's like a Pixar goddess. Is that what made you cope with Jurassic World? Yeah, Absolutely. She's the only reason I went back. Fantastic. Anyway, yeah, no, really excited about that. Um, hopefully, it does it justice. Netflix has secured rights to the Chronicles of Narnia. Fantasy has become something of a necessity in the world of television and streaming services following the success of Game of Thrones. And after Amazon Prime got their mitts on Lord of the Rings, it comes as no surprise that Netflix have acquired their own cash cow. There's a line in a cupboard with this one, so be aware. No one has gone near Narnia since the noughties run of films from Fox and Disney, which experienced a lukewarm reception. Fingers crossed they do the books justice. Yeah, I've never had any connection to Narnia. There was a really good earlier film of The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, and they kind of, it was eerie, because it was sort of filmed in the 70s or 80s, I think. Kind of. Oh, well, uh, BBC, wasn't it? Yes. Was it, it BBC? Yeah, no, it was. That's that's yeah. That's my only connection to it. I think I never read the books. My brother and sister loved them, but mm. um, how is it related to Bridge of Terabithia? I have no idea. Okay, <laughs> leave that there. <laughs> um, a photograph of Sylvester Stallone reprising his role of Rambo has been released. Judging by the photo, it seems that Rambo has left his life of killing hundreds of people, choosing instead to become a cowboy. Perhaps, perhaps he's left for a quiet life at a ranch. Or perhaps he's gone senile and thinks he's in 1800s Texas. Either way, let's hope he gets attacked again. Yeah, not sure about that. It's a bit weird, isn't it? I mean, what's he going to do? <laughs> um, uh, go cattle rustling? I mean, he's he, let's face it, he's a bit long in the tooth now. And yet the Expendables, to me, it seemed like the, the stretch of what he could you know, put his body I through still. I hate those films so much. They're just very poorly written, aren't They're they? Just Poorly everything, they're awful. But what about when Jason Statham stabs the basketball and then like threatens that guy's been attacking uh, his girl? Um played by Charisma Carpenter. Oh really? Mm. Oh, good heavens. And Cordelia. A trailer has been released for upcoming historical epic Mary Queen of Scots. Directed by Josie Rourke and written by Beer Willimon of House of Cards fame, the movie stars Shamorshima Sharonan. And as Mary, Queen of Scots, and Margot Robbie as Queen Elizabeth I. This looks to be a definite Oscar attempt. They've got the talent, the costumes, and the history. Now all they need is the execution. And there will be an execution, that's for sure. Heads will roll, but only after much hacking. You like history, Adam? Um, yeah, I like history. I like Margot Robbie. Do you know... Well, of course you do. 
Do you know about Mary Queen of Scots? Uh, yes. I don't want to. I don't know where you're going. Uh, there's a horrible thing happens, which I hope they film. Uh, she puts vodka in tomato juice. Do you know what? It's yes, <laughs> idiot. <laughs> it's not a spoiler because it's history. But what? I'm going to say what happens to her. Uh, don't ruin the ending. Oh, it's an right. Oscar attempt. Ugh. Fine. <laughs> and your final bit of news. Venom sucks. Oh dear. Have you seen it? No, I just heard. I've heard it's quite good. I've heard it's better than The Predator. Well, that's not saying much, is it? No, but still, it might be worth... I'm going to give Venom a shot. I've heard that it's like a buddy cop thing, which <laughs> appeals to me quite a lot. I wonder if this is one of these films where you need to shut the critics out and see what you make of it. Yeah. Because I've spoken to people who've said it's awful, and I've... someone said it was good to me yesterday. Um, yeah, and I'm going to give it a go. Probably not going to bother seeing the cinema. No. Only because I'm... Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's right, Bob. Say hello. Come on, Captain. Give me a break, will you? Say hello to your Aunt Alicia. Say hello, Aunt Alicia. Hello, Aunt Alicia. Hello, And that was Therapist by Vigil uh, from the Nightmare on Elm Street 4 soundtrack. Very nice. Mm. So, Rob, mm-hmm. if you were in a Nightmare on Elm Street situation mm-hmm. and Freddy Kluger was investing your dreams, what would he scare you with? What would be your... It's a very personal question, Adam. Mm. I'm about to tell you my deepest, darkest fears. <laughs> it would be a spider dentist. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's I can see that. I'm not a big fan of spiders, and I'm not a big fan of dentists. So I imagine it would be like, um, it would have a little blue mask over its fangs, yeah. jut out the sides. Yeah, yeah. And like at the end of each of its legs would be things like scrapey scalpel things and drills and it would latch onto my face and like rip oh, my mouth God. open and start going into my teeth. Yeah, that's. Yeah, <laughs> now, now that's my biggest fear. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, nice. What about yours? I don't know. I've always been trying to work this out. I have no idea. I don't know if this is relevant, but I remember you telling me a story where, in your youth, you were attacked by a stuffed ostrich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that was um, that was an experience of us trying to find somewhere to sleep, and ended up in a weird cabin full of stuffed animals. And looking through the window, and there's an eye looking back at me. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's that's quite a big one. I remember as a kid, I used to um, as a kid, I used to whenever it was a thunderstorm, I'd sit at the window watching for Tyrannosaurus Rexes. Ooh. Had this like storm summon the dinosaurs. Obviously, Jurassic Park. Maybe the Lost World with the kids in the window, and he's like, "There's a dinosaur in a garden." I think I was younger than that. I oh, think, really? Um, I think it's just the first one. Yeah. Um, just had this image of a T Rex walking down the street, eating all the cars, and Ugh. yeah, just from that one scene in Jurassic Park. That's pretty scary. Even though the scariest scenes the Velociraptors in oh, the kitchen. Okay. I um had this fear of something I refer to as the bad man. Okay. 
So the bad man, oh I don't know what manifested this, but I was scared to go upstairs because I thought there was a bad man up there. Yeah. And I envisioned him as sort of dressed like a silly burglar with a <laughs> mm, black okay. face mask and he'd get me. The hamburglar. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Actually, that is quite horrifying, yeah. Oh, and did you ever watch the Thomas the Tank Engine episode with the ghost train? Oh, yeah. It was so scary i had nightmares for ages it's funny we were saying about how the thing that scares you becomes the thing you love the most when i was probably a bit too young i remember walking into the room and my brother was watching tremors now tremors is an amazing film really funny and structurally perfect but as a kid it freaked me out and now i hold up as one of my favorite films It, it the moment was so Tremors is um, it's a comedy, really, but it's set in the in the wild west of America, sort of not wild west, modern day, but in the the deserty bits, and it's about giant, potentially alien or ancient worms that start eating people up. There's something about the color palette of that film which is particularly disturbing. I think they have like orange blood or something. Mm, I remember maybe. something about their blood and something. I don't know. They're definitely, because it's all practical, they definitely feel quite fleshy. Yeah. I think. But there's one scene right at the beginning um, where they find a sheep farmer and there's all these little holes where all the sheep have been snatched up from underground. But then they see the hat of the farmer and they lift the hat and he look, it's his face looking up at them. Ooh. And that, that scene freaked me out. From then on, I could barely walk on the grass at school. I had to be on pavement. In fact, that was also sliders. Do you remember sliders? Yes. They did a tremors thing. It was, if you stiff on the grass, you got sucked in. Yeah, that really got to me. I'm going to start leaving hats on the floor. <laughs> yeah, so that got to me. But I don't know whether that's related to the fact that when I would go to bed, I'd also have to flick the light off on the wall and then jump to my bed. So nothing could grab me from under, from the floor. Or maybe. It's possibly all linked to that one moment. Thanks, Gavin. You make all these rules when you're a kid about how to survive these creatures, don't you? Like yeah. with me, it's not looking in the mirror or, I don't know, not sleeping. <laughs> um, the other thing that kind of freaked me out is I had, for some reason, I had more than one book about spooky things. Stories about talking mongooses and... Talking mongooses. And spontaneous human combustion and stuff. So I was quite a nervous kid. Mm. That's the one that lingered with me, is that at any moment you could just burst into flame. Yeah. No, the, I mean, the fact that you have to be an alcoholic sitting near a fire. Oh, is that the running theme? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is that the pattern? Yeah. Um, but in those books as well, it also mentioned uh, murderers. So the one that really got to me was uh, Jack the Ripper. Even though I wasn't a 19th century prostitute... I was always really concerned. Speaking as a 19th century prostitute, I can tell you that he's a terrifying specimen. Yeah. Well, it's funny that. In an effort to face my fears, uh, I actually managed to track him down. He's still going? Yeah, and and he's a film director. Really? Yeah, I've interviewed him. Do you want me to just pop it on and play it? Yeah, go for it. Great. So I'm here with renowned murderer, historical London icon, and now first-time director, Jack the Ripper. Good evening, Neil Uh, hi Jack. Uh, can I call you Jack? 
Everybody else does, my lad. You crack on there. Great. Well, um, first of all, it's been a while since we've last heard from you. About 130 years, to be exact. What have you been up to all this time? Well, as you know, the year was 1888. Murder on the streets of Whitechapel. Murder most foul. Five strumpets I gutted I did, each one more unfortunate in their demise than the last. Yeah, we're, we're, we're well aware. Um, you've become somewhat of a legend, actually. I must say, though, the things you did were horrific. Really awful, actually. Um, do you have anything you want to say for yourself? No, not really. The past is the past. I'm a different man now. 130 years ago. No need to apologise. A man will change in that time. It's water under the bridge. Uh, you horrifically ended the lives of five women. I mean, it's, it's hardly water under the Are you going to keep on harping on about those murders, boy? Because I've got a pedicure at five. All right, well, I, I guess not. I hear you've become a film director now. I thought it about time I exercised my creativity in methods more coveted by the general public. So yes, I've been given a sizeable donation by Tim Burton, who, as you know, is a big fan of mine. Oh yeah, of course he is, yeah. Um... Yes, my special thanks to Mr Burton, who I know is listening tonight. Uh, so, uh, so tell us about the film. The film is called Frappence for Me Pigeon. Okay, yeah. It's the story about a girl from New York and she runs a flower store, you see. Okay. It's a coming-of-age story, if you will. Her store is swindled from her by an evil development company who wants to level her building in order to build a skyscraper. Oh, wow, that's awful. Yes, but instead of quitting, she continues selling her flowers on the sidewalk after they knock it down. She's determined not to let the corporate bigwigs defeat her business. And more importantly, her spirit. They keep trying to get her booted off the site, but she catches the affection of a young and handsome police officer who instead of persecuting her for her lack of permit, he ends up supporting her and allowing her to keep selling her flowers. Okay, so it's a romantic comedy. There are elements of comedy, but more importantly, it's a story about love, of compassion, with a kind of Samson versus Goliath fight against oppression and power. This sounds like a really incredible movie. I don't want to reveal too much about the plot, but of course the copper eventually loses his job for letting her carry out her business. Ah, uh, right. I suppose there'll be a will-he-won't-he he thing going on. So help the damsel in distress or, or get his job back? No, he flaming gats her! What? Yeah, he gats her. He slices her throat and spills her in and straight onto the sidewalk. Oh, for goodness sake. And then he goes on a killing spree, he does. He turns the streets of New York red with the blood of helpless flower shop owners. Sam, they call him. Sam the Slasher, the Demon Bobby of the Big Apple, old Sixpence Sammy. Who's playing the lead? I killed the lead, I killed her, I did. Jack's back world, tremble in fear of my return, you unfortunate scoundrels. I'll make a mess of you all. Oh, security, security! Oh, oh, it's just you, Stream Bucket. Adam's 31 Days of Horror Day 7 Day of the Dead First came the night, then came the dawn. Now comes the most eagerly awaited day in horror film history. George A. Romero's Day of the Dead. We've been punished by the Creator. We visited a curse. Hello! the few remaining, their only hope of survival is to find a cure. You're wasting time trying to define what's happening. But the odds are against them. We're in the minority now. 
Something like 400,000 to one by my calculations. And so is Captain Rhodes. Anybody else have any questions about the way things are going to run around here from now on? Their one chance is Bub. It's working on instinct. A deep, dark, primordial instinct. But their time is running out. They can be fooled, don't you see? They can be tricked into being good little girls and boys. Same way we were tricked into it. I promised some reward to come. But when the tricks wouldn't work... Their world fell apart. Day of the Dead. Extraordinary, isn't it? Um, yeah, so that trailer isn't hugely reflective of the final product. It's a bit silly. Where Day of the Dead is on the whole a much darker and more deadpan entry into the Living Dead series. We enter the story several years after the events of Dawn of the Dead. The war is over and zombies have overrun the world. Best estimates that every human survivor is outnumbered by 400,000 zombies. Ugh. One group of survivors is holed up in an underground bunker somewhere in the Everglades. The group is made up of civilians, soldiers and scientists who are hard at work trying to find a solution to the zombie crisis. Except things are a little tense. The soldiers being on the front line are rapidly losing patience and men. As we arrive at the base we discover that the lead soldier, the commanding officer, has been killed and that the considerably unhinged Captain Rhodes, played by the sublime Joseph Pilato, has taken over. Dr. Sarah Bowman, played by Laurie Cardiel, is quick to come to blows with Rhodes and urges calm between the three groups. Things eventually come to a head when the lack of communication, the growing atmosphere of paranoia and tension, sets actions into motion that lead to the bunker being overrun by what can only be described as a masterclass in special effects, shock and drama. Day of the Dead oozes with passion and love, especially from Tom Savini, whose props and special effects seem to be believed so ahead of their time. It's wonderful, really, really enjoyable. George Marrero, Tom Savini, the entire cast, absolutely. Listen to the full review and more at www.ap-tyler.co.uk Looks like you've got a book there, Rob. I do indeed. For our local listeners, we have a book called Ghostly Hertfordshire. True Ghost Stories by Damien O'Dell. Yeah, I bought this book about 10, 15 years ago. It's got some creepy stuff in it, man. Yeah, I've only had it for about a year, though. Why? It's been sat on your bookshelf since then. Oh, yeah, True. I hope you've read it thoroughly from page oh, to page. Oh, so many times. Oh, yeah, I know. Sure. Back to front. Great. Well, what have we got? Is there any local ones to talk about? All right, so we know Hitchin is uh, a very old town. Yep. Going back over a thousand years. Um, it's got some very spooky sort of places, like uh, down in Bucklesbury, you've got places like the Hart and the George. Yeah. The yeah. Hart, quite famously, is where the last hanging in Hitchin mm, was. I think that's... Is that dubious? Yeah. Ah, okay. But, you know... One of them will. We've got the the Sun Hotel, St. Mary's Church, and quite notably the Priory, Hitchin Priory, the uh, the hotel. Yeah. Mm. 
That place has had some real history. I don't know if it's in that book, but do you ever hear about the Roman soldiers? No. This is a story I heard when I was in primary school, and I've I've loved it ever since. It was a really misty day, and someone was out in the the park behind, and Roman soldiers walked through the mist. Really? Yeah. How cool is that? So, a thousand years might be uh, not giving Hitch enough credit. Oh, no. Because well, it was Hicko, eventually, was it? Or was that the river? That was the there, river. No, there was a tribe, was there maybe? The Hicko tribe? Possibly. I know the Iceni's were nearby. Right. Boudicca. Hmm. Anyway, they're just interesting little side note. Hmm, interesting. Yes, we're quite proud of our heritage. Yes, yes, yes. But I've picked out a quite interesting priory uh, story, a tale. Okay. A tale of woe and love. Right. Okay, so. The most frequently mentioned of Hitchin Priory's plethora of phantoms is an anniversary ghost reputed to appear on June 15th, and it is a ghostly cavalier called Goring. Northwest of Hitchin lies the village of Purton, where there is a Tudor mansion dating from about 1510 called Highdown House which was built by the Daucrus family of Lily. Each year, on 15th of June, a headless cavalier is said to ride his white horse. That's my birthday. That happens on my birthday. Incredible. You used to look for him, didn't you? We did. We used to search for him every year. Hmm. No luck. We'll find him. So that is apparently the ghost of Goring. And this unfortunate cavalier soldier took shelter in a small roof chamber, a chamber that is also haunted by the appearance of a beautiful young woman, who was reported by a startled guest during the 1980s, sitting on the edge of the bed, and she's probably the spirit of Goring's former girlfriend. Mm. During the summer of 1648, Goring had been visiting a lady friend, dangerous assignation as the area was crawling with parliamentarian troopers at Highdown House when he was surprised by the Roundheads. He managed to escape via a secret underground passage and hid in a hollow Wykehelm. The parliamentarian troops were occupying Hitchin. Witch Elm, isn't it? Yeah, probably. I'm neither. I'll go with you. Witch Elm. <laughs> the area is under command of Colonel Scoop. God, what a guy. And they discovered Goring's hiding place, dragged him to the foot of the tree, and ruthlessly cut him down. His murder was witnessed from afar by his girlfriend, who soon after collapsed and died of shock. Mmm. Wow. Harrowing tale. Yes, indeed. Are there any more? Loads? Yeah, well, yes, there are loads. Um, If anyone does live in the Hitchin area, do recommend the Ghost Walk. Yes, uh, Derek Wheeler's Ghost Walks. Um, We should look that up, see if he's doing any. Well, yeah, we we went on one on Halloween a couple of years ago, didn't we? We did. I dressed up as the Grim Reaper and my wife dressed up as a slasher victim. Yes, with help as a speech bubble outside her head brilliant it was great Mm. Um, yeah no really good really interesting he had all sorts of tales about all that part of Hitchin which was absolutely brilliant well what's interesting is the 70% of the tours history local history Mm. 30% is ghost stories yeah you learn a lot but yeah you do Um, and it's interesting he always I don't want to spoil it but he with us he opened saying he didn't believe any of it and by the end you sort of start to wonder that because mm. he's seen things as well. Yeah, he has, hasn't he? We should get him on. We should. Derek, if you're listening, I'm coming for you. Oh, dear. <laughs> In the spirit of Halloween. Yes, indeed. Yeah, it's quite cool that sort of local histories 
still alive in that way that you can hear about it as a as a story like you should definitely it makes you wonder what it would be like to if you were to make your own one up from scratch hmm 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 let's have a listen to surfing dead by the creeps and the soundtrack of return of the living dead while we have a little think about that one yes thank you bye bye now bye goodbye dear That's the shop closed for another evening. I guess I'll just finger space all the dresses. It's very cold in here tonight. I just rearranged these these jeans. I thought I did this one earlier, but... Oh well, I'll just do it again, that's fine. What's that noise? Oh, it's obviously just me. Never mind. I'll, I'll just carry on. Okay. Um, I'm not sure what that was, but I'm. And maybe I'll just go to the other side of the shop, and I'll just tidy that bit first. Um, I'm. Might just totally leave it at leave it at that and just go home early. Yeah, I'll, I'll tidy up in the morning. I, I just um, stay. Okay. Hello. Hello. Oh, Johnny! I thought it was you. Oh, hello! My boyfriend, Johnny! Oh, all right, my lovely Samantha. Why do, you, why do you always try and scare me like that? Oh, you know what I'm like. I'm a bit mischievous. Yeah. Oh, I really thought something spooky was happening. No, no, no. I think we should get some fish and chips on the way home. I bought a jar of gherkins to go with them. Oh, my favourite. Yeah. We can eat it in the Vauxhall. What the bloody, what the blooming dickens was that? Oh, that's the noise I thought, I thought that was you. Ooh, no, no, no. I was, um, I was on the toilet. Oh. Well, something's making noises around here. I, I don't, I just don't know. Ooh. Ooh. You stay there. I'm gonna. I'm gonna see what that was. Uh, are you sure that's a good idea? It's my duty and responsibility as your lover. Okay. Well, if you want to reinforce that gender stereotype, then then be my guest. I certainly will. And whilst you do, whilst I'm doing that, you can put the kettle on. Boopy doopy doo. I think the noise came from that cupboard. I'm going to open it and see what's in there. Oh my god! Oh, that's the kettle boiled. I'll just pour some tea. Oh, I wonder where Johnny's got to. <laughs> oh, I thought I'd turn that lawn sprinkler off. <laughs> oh, I just turn it off. I get all wet. <laughs> oh, I've turned it off instead. I'll turn it down. 
Oh, well, thank you. Heavens yeah, up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I thought I turned that off. Oh, wait, that's not water coming out. Samantha! Samantha! Jo- J- Johnny! Johnny! What's happening, Johnny? He's chopped my bleeding arm off! <laughs> He's chopped my arm off! That's my favourite part of you, Johnny. Oh, what do you mean that's your favourite part? Oh, I, I didn't think you were in the room with me. I'm sorry, I thought, I thought I was saying out of my breath. Anyway, I'm bleeding to death! No, I'm no, bleeding. no, look, I'm we're, bleeding all over just, the floor! Just stop waving your arm about, you're getting it all over the furniture! I can't help it, it really is! Oh, just, just I calm, can see calm my down. bone! Calm down, what happened? What happened? I don't know, something just ate me arm! <laughs> oh my god! It just what? ate it! What was it? I don't know, it's a weird goblin monster thing! <laughs> Oh, me arm, me arm, you get away from me, you goblin ghoul. Oh, but, Mr. Goblin, why have you done this horrible thing? Because his arm tastes like marmalade and I love marmalade. (laughs) Does it? I love marmalade too. He's still got one more. (laughs) Do you want to eat your boyfriend with me? No, I, 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 I rather think I want to go I home. I know you want to. But, but Mr. Joblin. Marmalade. Mr. Joblin, your marmalade. Your eyes are so seductive. Mm. Uh, maybe I could be persuaded to, to, devour my boyfriend. Just one bite, eat Don't worry, goodness, I. You can't eat me. I'm sorry, Johnny. I was going to propose to you. Yes, that's that's very nice, but marmalade is, is quite rare these don't days. Don't listen to that goblin. I don't taste like marmalade. I taste like rotten eggs. Mr. Goblin, is, is that true? No, he tastes like he tastes like marmalade on toast. Don't listen to him. Oh, well. Marmalade's so rare now after, after Article 50. Oh, yes, we can't forget Article 50. No, we can't forget Article 50. Don't eat me! He does taste like marmalade on toast. I told you. What what else have you got to teach me, Mr. Goblin? I can tell you how to do your taxes and, you know, make more money in your shop. Oh. Your prices are too high, but you'll sell more if you really do you happen to be part of the Shared Internal Audit Service? I say yes, I absolutely am. Oh, lovely. Let's have a little, great big chat about it. Hey, come with me. Do you want to bring a... a do you want to bring his foot while you're at it? Does, do that, not... does that taste like marmalade too? Marmite! Oh, my. Oh, come, Mr. Goblin. We have lots to learn. <laughs> Alright, that's the horror story. Sweet. <laughs> See, ghost stories are easy to make up on the spot. It sometimes makes you wonder if they're easy to just fake when they're mm. so easy to uh, to summon up. Yeah. That was the famous uh, M. Cannibal. Man- Manable. Manable. Mm. The Manable Killer. The Marmalade Cannibal. Marmalade and Marmite. Man- man- oh, cannibal. yeah. God. Goodness me. Samantha the Manable. Samamable. Samamable. Oh, man. We need to tell Derek about this immediately. Definitely. Naughty Dog, put down the screen bucket. Did you see that envelope? 
What envelope? The one on the desk, look. No. I didn't see it earlier. Who's it from? Oh, let's open it up. Hang on. Sorry, it's bad radio, isn't it? Okay, there's a letter inside it. Huh. Well, it's addressed to me. To you? It's from my great-uncle Phil. I didn't know you had a great-uncle Phil. I don't even know what a great-uncle is. Neither do I. Was it your cousin's brother? I don't know. Anyway. Um, what's he saying? Dear Adam, and Rob, he's addressed it to you as well. Oh, really? I've heard your radio show. Um, he really thinks it's... He thinks it's really, really... No, I can't read that word. Trouble? Anyway, um, he... He's offered us sponsorship money. Really? Yeah. What do we have to do? So if you want to sponsor the show... If we spend a night in his mansion... Well... That can't be right. What, we get a free night stay in a mansion and then we get money? Yeah. Well, sign me up. What's the worst that could happen? What? Absolutely nothing, as far as I can tell. He's, he's got the address here. Huh. Oh, oh, another bit. We have to... We have to record the radio show in the mansion. Maybe that's the sponsorship part. Oh, okay. So the next show we're going to be doing from the mansion... We're going to have to do in here... Well, <laughs> I bet the chairs be comfier. Definitely. Mate, free stay in a mansion, money... Oh, that's Let's really cool. That's really exciting. Well, there we go. That's the next show will be from my great uncle Philip's mansion. There we go. And that was the end of our first Scream Bucket experience. Yes, we hope you enjoyed it. I'm so proud of that. Hmm. Well done. Yes. It's almost like we planned it. Indeed. But we didn't. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, great. So tune in next time for our second horror experience. Um do check out our Twitter account at, at screen underscore bucket uh, and check out the North Arts FM Twitter as well at North Arts FM. Um, and yeah, anything you want to add, Rob? Um, tis the season, guys. Uh, we want to hear about, we want to hear from you as well. We want to hear about scary movies you've been watching. If you've got any recommendations for us to watch and any Halloween doings that you're, you've got going on. Mm. We're still uh, without a plan for the weekend before Halloween, aren't we? Yeah, and Halloween itself. Mm. If there's anything going on in Hitchin, please let us know. Can you take us, please? Yeah, let us in, please. Can please. I come? Let us in the door, please. Mm. Anyway, that's all for us. Cheers, guys. Uh, yes, see you, see you later.